Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Story Note Podcast, the place where your adventures begin. I am Ilya Ruth King, your host, and today we will be reading Chapter 4, Keeper of the Lost Cities, and discussing it afterwards. I hope that you will join me on this new adventure. The scenery blurred, but whatever it was, from tears or panic, Sophie couldn't be sure. Everything that she knew was wrong. Her entire life was a lie. Fitz nudged her arm. Hey, it's not your fault. You believed what they taught you. I'm sure I'd have done the same thing, but it's time you knew the truth. This is how the world really works. It's not magic. It's just how it is. The castle bells chimed, and Fitz yanked her behind a large rock as a gateway opened. Two elves with floor-length velvet capes draped over their black tunics emerged, followed by dozens of bizarre creatures marching in military formation down the rocky path. They were at least seven feet tall and wore only black pants, leaving their thick muscles prominently on display. With their flat noses and coarse gray skin, which fell in the pleated folds, they looked part alien, part armadillo. Goblins, Fitz whispered, probably the most dangerous creatures you'll ever meet. Which is why it's a good thing they signed the treaty. Then why are we hiding, she whispered, hating her voice from trembling. We dress like humans. Humans are forbidden in the Lost Cities, especially here in Luminaria. Luminaria is where all the other worlds come together. Gnomes, dwarves, ogres, goblins, trolls. She was too overwhelmed to even think about the other creatures he was mentioning, so she focused on the better questions. Why are humans forbidden? She motioned, he motioned for her to follow him to a rock further away, squatting behind it. They betrayed us. The ancient counselors offered them the same treaty they made with all the intelligent creatures, and they agreed. Then they decided they wanted to rule the world, like it even works that way. And started planning a war. The ancients didn't want violence, so they disappeared, forbid any contact with humans, and left them to their own devices. You can see how well that is working out for them. Sophie opened her mouth to defend her race, but she could see Fitz's point. War, crime, famine, humans had a lot of problems. Plus, if everything he was saying was true, that they weren't her race. The realization chilled her as much more than the frigid wind tickling her cheeks. The stories told by humans who'd known us must have sounded impossible after we disappeared and eventually they evolved into crazy mess you've heard. But this is the truth. Sophie Fitz pointed around them. This is who you are. This is why where you belong. Where you belong. She waited for her whole life to hear those three simple words. I'm really an elf, she whispered. Yes. Sophie peeked through the rocks at the glowing castle, a place that she wasn't that wasn't supposed to exist, but somehow was right in front of her. Everything he was telling her was insane. But she knew it was true. She could feel it, like a crucial piece of her identity that had clicked into place. Okay, she decided, her head spinning in a thousand directions. I believe you. A loud clang sounded as another gate closed. 
Bet stepped out of the shadows and pulled out a different wand. No Pathfinder. Sleek and black with a cold black blue crystal. Ready to go home? Home. The world jolted her back into reality. Mr. Sweeney would call her mom when he didn't get when she didn't get on the bus. She needed to get home before her mom freaked out. Her heart sank a little. Reality seemed so bland and boring after everything she'd seen. Still, she took his hand and stole one last look at the incredible view before the blinding light swept it away. The smoky ash stung her lungs after the crisp, fresh air of Luminaria. Sophie looked around. Surprised, she recognized the plain square houses on the narrow tree-lined street. They were a block away from her house. She decided not to ask how he knew where she lived. Fitz coughed and glared at the sky. You'd think humans could handle putting a few fires before the smoke pollutes the whole planet. They're working on it, she said, feeling a strange need to defend her home. Plus, these aren't normal flyers. The arsonists used some sort of chemical when he started them, so they're burning white hot and the smoke smells sweet. Usually, wildfires made the whole city smell like barbecue. This time, it was more like melting cotton candy, which was usually kind of nice if it didn't burn her eyes and rain ash. Arsonist Fitz shook his head. Why would anyone want to watch the world burn? I don't know, she admitted. She'd asked herself the same question, and she wasn't sure there was an answer. Fitz pulled the silver pathfinder out of his pocket. Are you leaving? she asked, hoping he didn't notice the way her voice hitched. I have no I have to find out what my dad wants to know, if he even knows. Neither of us thought you were going to be the girl. The girl, like she was someone important. If she could hear his thoughts, she'd know what he meant. But his mind was still a silent mystery, and she still had no idea why. He's not going to be happy I took you out into our cities, he added, even though I was careful no one saw us. So please, don't tell anyone about anything I've shown you today. I won't, I promise. She held her gaze. She held his gaze so he'd know that she meant it. He released the breath he'd been holding. Thank you, and make sure you act normal so your family doesn't suspect anything. She nodded, but she had to ask one question before he left. Fitz, she squared her shoulders for courage. Why can't I hear your thoughts? The question knocked him back a step. I still can't believe you're a telepath. Aren't all elves telepaths? No, it's a special ability, only one of the rare ones. And you're only 12, right? I'll be 13 in six months, she corrected, not liking the way he said only. That's really, that's really young. They said I was the youngest to manifest, and I didn't start reading minds until I was 13. She frowned, but I've been hearing thoughts since I was five. Five? He said it so loud, it reverberated off the house, and they both scanned the street to make sure no one was around. You're sure, he whispered, positive. Waking up in the hospital after she'd hit her head wasn't the kind of moment she could forget. 
She was hooked up in all kinds of crazy machines with her parents hovering over her, shouting things she could barely separate from the voices filling her mind. All she could do was cry and hold her head and try to explain what was happening to a, br- a group of adults who didn't understand, who would never understand. No one could make the noise go away, and the voices had haunted her ever since. Is that wrong? She asked, not liking the worry etched between his brows. I have no idea. His eyes narrowed like he was trying to see inside her head. What are you doing? Are you blocking me? He asked, ignoring her question. I don't even know what that is. She stepped away, wishing the extra space could stop him from reading her private thoughts. It's a way to keep telepaths out. Kind of like putting a wall around your mind. Is that why I can't hear you? Maybe. Can you tell what I'm thinking right now? I told you I don't hear your thoughts the way I do with other people. That's because humans have weak minds. But that's not what I meant. If you listen, can you hear me? I don't know. I've never tried to read a mind before. You just have to know how to trust your instincts. Concentrate. You'll know what to do. Try. She hated being bossed around, especially since he wasn't answering her questions. Then again, what he wanted her to do might be the only way to find out why he looked so concerned. She had to just figure out why, what he meant by listen. She didn't have to tell her ears to hear, but they just did. But listening took action. She had to concentrate. Maybe mind reading worked the same way, like an extra sense. She focused on his forehead, imagining what she was stretching out her con- consciousness like a mental shadow, feeling for his thoughts. After a second, Fitz's sweet voice wept through her head. It wasn't sharp or loud like human thoughts, more of a soft whisper brushing against her brain. You've never felt a mind quite as quiet as mine? She blurted out, You heard me? He looked pale. Was I not supposed to? No one else can. She needed a few moments to process that, and you can't read my mind. He shook his head. Not even when I tried my hardest. The whole new world of worries pressed down on her shoulders. She didn't want to be different from the other elves. Why? I have no idea, but when you pair it with your eyes and where you lived, he stopped like he was afraid he'd said too much and then fumbled with a crystal on his pathfinder. I need to ask my dad. Wait, you can't leave now. Not when she had more questions than answers. I have to. I've already been gone too long, and you need to get home. She knew he was right. She didn't want to get in trouble, but her knees still shook as he held the crystal to the submarine. He was her only link to the amazing world she's seen, the only proof that she hadn't imagined the whole thing. Will I ever see you again? She whispered. Of course. I'll be back tomorrow. How will I find you? He flashed a small smile. Don't worry. I'll find you. All right, listeners, that's Keeper of Lost Cities by Shannon Messenger, Chapter 4. You're back to the next segment of discussing what we just read. So, the first thing that I noticed is that Sophie, at the very beginning of this chapter, it was said she didn't, uh, uh, hold on, let me find it. It was... The scenery blurred, but whether it was from tears or panic, Sophie couldn't be sure. It shows right there that Sophie is 
sad, but also kind of scared because, I mean, everything that she had learned in her whole life had been wrong. I'm She probably felt like she wasn't very smart. She probably didn't know what to think anymore. I mean, think of think of it. I mean, what would you think if someone came up and told you and showed you that what you everything that you had learned was wrong? I mean, wouldn't you be confused, scared, excited, terrified, and lots of other stuff? Another thing is Fitz is already being very encouraging, nudging her arms and saying, it's not your fault. And I, I would have done the same thing. And then it actually goes from Fitz nudging her arm to Fitz yanking her behind a large rock as the gateway opened. And... Uh, it Shanna Messenger never says who the two elves are, and um, but there are a lot of creatures in the Lost Cities. There's moonlarks, griffins, unicorns, alcorns, goblins, trolls, and all that stuff. There's like so many. Also, there's all kinds of dinosaurs, and especially at um, Havenfield, where Sophie lives. Um, and then Fitz says, like, the ancients, he was talking about the ancients and how humans had separated themselves. And it said that Sophie didn't want to argue. Well, she wanted to argue to defend her home. But then she realized everything that he was saying was right, that there was nothing to argue about it. And with that realization, it chilled her even more than the cold weather that Luminaria was. Um, Luminaria also, in one of the later books, gets attacked by Fintan. Um, like, later on... And so it gets kind of destroyed, and that's like a battlefield. So it's crazy to think that later on it turns into this destructed city with, like, it's all gray and smoky and stuff destroyed. Everybody's in the recovery center. And um, from here, where it's like a gold city, and it's beautiful, like something that Sophie only heard in fairy tales. But somehow, it was standing right before her eyes. Sophie again questions herself as an elf later on in this chapter. As saying, Am I'm really an elf, she whispers. And Fitz, of course, again answers, Yes, you are. And, um... She finally lets it go and says, I believe you. And that's like the last time that she really questions herself. Actually, you know, she questions herself one more time the next day. Um, and then he says, are you ready to go home? And Sophie's like, no, I, well, her brain says no. But then she does want to go home. 
And reality crashes into her at that moment. And she's probably thinking, why do I have to leave? I want to stay here. But then she'd be like, but I miss home, and I need to go home. I need to say bye to everyone, or and stuff like that. And she's like, she's probably all confused. And, um, and like, what do I do? And she finally lets Fitz take her home. Uh... And that's, like, her last time actually going back home. Like, she never goes back into the Lost Cities again and returns. I mean, she returns later on, but not to go home. Not to say bye or anything like that. And as soon as she gets home, the smoky ash fills the air and Fitz coughs. Now, that's kind of strange because before, Fitz never coughed. Maybe it's because he was back around the um, elf, the Lost City's fresh air, or maybe it was because it got worse or something. But still, like, that's kind of fishy. And also, who, how, how do you flavor smoke to smell like cotton candy? And... Sophie says she kind of liked it if it wasn't for ash and stuff. But seriously, cotton candy doesn't really have a smell. I mean, it does, but not that strong of a smell. And if I smelled it all the time, I would not want to have it. Um, also, Sophie gets kind of like, are you leaving? Why? And, like, she gets all nervous because he's... Fitz is her only connection to the Lost Cities. And, I mean, if you really think about it, if Fitz never came back, Sophie would, like, be stuck in the Lost Cities with no way out. Uh, not the Lost Cities, but the human world. And she would be stuck. And, like, she'd soon forget about the experience. But, like, actually she wouldn't forget since she had a photographic memory. But, like, the Fitz... So there's a little bit of relying there on Fitz because she trusts him with going back to the Lost Cities and by returning tomorrow, like he said. And then it goes into the, Fitz, why can't I hear your thoughts? And Fitz is like a really, really powerful telepath. And later on, Sophie and him become congates. But Fitz, like, nobody can read Sophie's thoughts in the Lost um, cities until Fitz, uh, I mean, other than Mr. Forkel, um, and Mr. Forkel, uh, like, he's the only one, and then he tells Fitz how to, and then them two are the only ones who are able to read Sophie's mind, and that actually prepares her to be a keeper, um, though, I don't, she's actually never... I have no idea why Shannon Messenger actually titled the book Keeper of the Lost Cities because she's not really a keeper. I'm like, she's a keeper, but not like how the Lost Cities term of keeper. But who knows? I might have skipped over a few things whenever I read it last. And that's about all, and it's already been eight minutes, so I'll end the segment here. And I hope that you will join us on another adventure in the story nook. Thank you.
This is the Story Nook Institute. Thank you.